Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard and this is me old muck of banners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So... We haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. Grow the show, if you know, for Joe and Tom, for everyone, I'll spread the word. Have you heard Joe Marla's show? Joe Marla's show. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marla and this is Tom Fordyce. Yeah, and we've got a couple of big announcements, Joe, to start this episode. It's a big, big day, Tom. Today's guest... Yes. ...is also a listener to the show. Uh, Joe, listen, this show breaks barriers all over the place. I believe that we are amongst the very first podcast to have their own listeners as guests. Yeah, actually, it's pretty cool. I think we want to be the only podcast that gets its listeners on as guests. Yeah. Um, so if you want to be a guest on the show, just get in touch through Joe Marler Show on Instagram or Twitter, or you can send us an email, joe at crowdnetwork.co.uk. Yeah, ideally, you'd probably need a job, hopefully an interesting job, or you've had an interesting job or something like that. Um, we're looking for like firefighters, lawyers, bouncers, estate agents, taxi, oh, taxi driver. Mm. Yeah, I want to hear some of them stories. Come on, come on, we want to talk to you. So that's the first piece of news, Joe. The second piece of news is we're going to be doing some extra content on Patreon. Patreon, Patreon, what's that? Patreon, Joe, is another way of growing the show. So this show costs money to make, doesn't it? So it's a way you can support the show and help get it made. And it's also a place where you'll be able to get bonus content. So there's different levels you can sign up for, and we'll stick out more details soon. Is it a bit like those adult entertainment people that have got those websites that you pay extra for, and you get, like, private shows? A little bit like that, yeah. I mean, it's the same pricing model. Are you asking... Although the content may differ. Or it, Unless, might, or it might not or differ. Or it might not. It might not differ, you know. Needs must. Yeah. Wonderful. I look forward to that. Um, surely there's some rules with that. Yeah, there is one important rule, Joe. The Wednesday episode will not change. That'll still come out on a Wednesday and it'll always be free. And, you know, without blowing my own trumpet, it'll always be fucking brilliant. And sometimes not, but sometimes will. Yeah, so if you want to support the show, head over to Patreon and sign up. And if you're quite happy just getting this Wednesday episode for free, then nothing changes, Joe. Perfect, good, lovely, that's done now. Can we get a guest in? Yes, please. Lovely. Right, our guest today is Darren, the marine biologist. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. My son is super excited when I told him that a marine biologist was coming. Really? 
he actually knows more about being a marine biologist than I do. I mean, this is just added pressure now. You've got a Jaws t-shirt on. I have. I, I thought uh, it would be very fitting. Yeah, well, I mean, it does fit you. It nicely. does fit me. It yeah. does fit you. Oh, thank nicely. you. Thank you. You look fantastic. Thank you. I'm guessing you love the sea. I do. It was more specifically sharks that actually got me into it. And actually, Jaws, the film, was what, when I was very young, probably about three years old, I think my mum says three, four years old, we watched Jaws on the telly, probably shouldn't have, but you know. Um, (laughs) And rather than scaring me like it did everybody else, it it fascinated me. And from that point on in my life, it was shark, 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 sharks all the way. A big part of me is scared shitless at not being able to see, like in our sea, yeah. Like, oh, God, what's it? Not that there's going to be anything in RC, but do you know what I mean? Like, if you, if I, oh, Whoa, okay. <laughs> okay so. I mean, there's over 20 species of shark that are resident to the UK year round. And this includes a cousin of the great white shark, which what? is the poor beagle. Um, it looks hang, on, like, hang on, a beagle? Poor beagle. A poor beagle. I was yeah, picturing a big, like, swavy <laughs> shark dog thing. Like, oh, oh sorry, Karen. That's okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> massive ears. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this this poor beagle is exactly, it's a miniature of a great white, essentially. It's in the same family. Um, How miniature? You're probably talking maybe the 10-foot region, 8 to 10-foot region. So it could still eat me? Eat, debatable, if it wanted to. and if you, if you pissed it off enough, it could attack. Yeah, absolutely. Any animal from hamster, anything upwards is capable of attacking. Did you just reference a hamster? I did. With an, a 10-foot... There's poor a set, beagle what, shark. What, what, the, what I'm trying to say is that anything is capable of attacking. Sharks have this right. really gnarly reputation of being essentially evil. You know, they're, they're the stuff of people's nightmares. They, people think when they go into the ocean, they're automatically going to be attacked by a shark. It's what sharks do. It's not. Every year around the world, um, there are about 100 shark attacks. And a shark attack is anything from a bite on the finger upwards. It doesn't mean loss of limbs. And they can be either provoked or unprovoked. And out of those 100, around 10 people or less will die a year. Obviously, it's horrible for the people and the families and things. But when you put it into context about how many people shark actually kill a year, it's really low compared to a lot of animals. Hippos kill more people every year than sharks do. Elephants kill more people a year than sharks do. Obviously, mosquitoes kill far more people than sharks do. Coconuts falling on people's heads have more chance of happening on a beach and killing them than attacked by a shark. More people are killed by vending machines every year. What? They are, yeah. What? Vending machines. People, you know, they get annoyed. Uh, They want that little little chocolatey hit of a stressful day. It gets stuck and they shake the shit out of it and it falls on them. You know, you've done, you've done that, too, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off! Seriously. More people die from a vending machine falling on them. Vending machine related accidents are more common than shark attacks, correct? Yep. Do you think they feel victimised by how they're portrayed in all the movies that you love, Jaws? Yeah. Um, all the. What was that? Jaws 2. Jaws 2. Is there a three? Jaws three and a four. Meg, Megalodon, Megalodon, Meg, yeah, the, the Meg, Meg yeah. with Jason Statham. Um, what else give sharks a bad rep? What about that one Deep with Water. Samuel L. Jackson? Ah, Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea, Deep where sea, they get really yeah. intelligent, aren't they? We fucked with them there, didn't we? You know, and then yeah. we paid the consequences. So really, there's there's it's a lesson fair. to be learned there. Yeah, I'm just glad. Um, is that a fa- that's fake, wasn't it? We didn't yes, actually fuck yes. with sharks. What's oh, the one? Dr- the divers. The film starts, so there's a couple and they've been diving, been scuba diving, and they come up for air to get back on the dive boat. Dive boat's fucked off. Ah, the, oh, uh, that's um, what, on purpose? open water. Open water. What, on open purpose? Water. Been some sort of error. And the film is them basically bobbing around in open water, being initially sniffed 
And it was a true story as well. It actually happened. Oh, yeah. my God. And did yeah. the sharks kill them? They, they did, yeah. But you've just painted out that sharks are really nice. And now you've said... I've not yeah, painted them as nice. Story. All, all I have said <laughs> is that they're not as bad as what people think. And they're not. And I mean, that, that sort of isolated incident, obviously, sharks are very... They're very drawn to low-frequency sound. So a fish struggling in water, for instance, would give off a low-frequency sound. As do we, coincidentally, when we go swimming in the water, we're not built for the water. You know, we've got, in my case, big flappy ears and, you know, we're covered in hair. <laughs> so we're, we're not the most graceful of creatures in the water. And when we splash around, that's, at times, it's like ringing a dinner bell. And if you've got a hungry oh. shark, a curious shark in the area, they're going to come and investigate. And the thing with sharks is I like to, the analogy of kind of like how babies pick things up and they put things in their mouths to kind of suss them out. And is it edible? Is it not? What is it? And sharks are the same. Sharks don't have hands. They can't manipulate objects. So their sense of touch is actually in their mouth. It's on their teeth. They have nerve endings that when they bite something, it tells them whether it's edible or whether it's not. And unfortunately, if you look at a human leg, ah. when they have a little chomp down on that as a test, it can come off and it can be fatal. So... <laughs> Whereas it's, if a baby nibbles it, it just gums yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. It just gums you for a little bit and drools all down you and, and, that, and that's done. Um, yeah, but how many times has a shark gone, um, oh, no, I don't want to eat that, and then gone, oh, sorry about that. I was just double-checking whether you tasted nice or not. The apology, not so much, but quite a lot of shark attacks have been single bites. <laughs> and, and, then they've just and the shark off. has cleared off because, especially if you take the instance of a great white shark where their main diet is a seal, we're, even at our fattest, we're not blubbery enough for seals. We're far too gristly, far too bony. For, for a great way to enjoy. They like nice, blubbery, chunky seals, you know, lots of fat content, you know, lots of energy in there for them. We're just not like that. So they chomp down on us. and they I go, don't know oh. about that, mate. After the first lockdown, I would yeah. definitely liken myself to a seal, a nice blubbery seal. I, I think we all went there, but there was no way I was going near the beach after first, <laughs> the first lockdown. I had to go no carbs before Marbs before I went to the beach after, after the first lockdown. So. I'm guessing the way you, you speak so nicely about sharks... You've never been bitten by one, have you? I have, yeah. I've been You've bitten been bitten by, by a shark. Yeah. I've been bitten by several. Joe's sitting here with a black eye. His job is rugby. It happens. I would go to work and would, would feed various creatures and get in the water with them, and sometimes things happen. No bad ones, then. You've got. I'm just looking at all your fingers. Um, I've got all got my all fingers. fingers. Uh, I've got some scars on my thumb there, which was from a leopard shark. Yeah. Um, I've got a big scar down, down my finger there, which was from where a moray eel ripped my finger open. That was particularly nasty. I don't know about this shark, mate. I don't know how I feel about you speaking so <laughs> Everybody nicely have, and friendly every, about the shark. Every creature has to have an advocate, and I'm just that for sharks. <laughs> so, you know. But but by the sounds of it, not for seals. I mean, obviously, on your, your show where you talk to the zookeeper, you yeah. ask the question, are seals twats? And I did. Well, that, I, th- I believe that was Tom. That was we, my Oh, sorry, it was yeah. yourself. Have we uh, got, hang on, Steve, Steve, have we got the clip for that? So people love seals because they've got big eyes. Now, seals may be absolute twats. I've got no idea. <laughs> I don't actually know. I can't comment on seals being twats. That's fine. We'll keep that as, you know, we'll, we'll go with, yeah, they're twats yeah. at the moment until proved otherwise. Yeah. So the question is, are seals twats? Every seal that I have encountered, for the most part, has been a bit of a twat. I knew it. No knew way. It. Yeah. yeah they look so cute and, like, blubbery and cuddly, the and I they, just want to jump do. on them and be like, oh, they do. And, oh, 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 oh. and that's the thing, is that everybody thinks that, and everybody wants to give them a hug, and some people actually try. Yeah. And that's when they turn into twats. What do they do to them? So on the East Coast where I live, we've got a huge colony of breeding grey seals. Right now they're on the beaches pupping. I was up there uh, last week with uh, 
my wife and my son. Hi, Chelsea. Hi, Dylan. Um, and um, we, we were watching all the seals on the beach. And, you know, the volunteer trust has had to erect massive fences to try and keep people away because people just don't have the sort of common sense to go, they're a wild animal. I should probably leave it alone. We live in a culture where, you know, the selfie is massive mm -hmm. and everyone wants to have the coolest picture on Instagram. Yeah. And the trouble is, is that when they're pupping, especially when they're on the beach, they're obviously they're pissed off the mothers have given birth you've got all these bull seals stomping around are they the ones where like you see in books and that where they balance the balls on their nose that's a different species but oh. by bull i mean the male oh sorry male you the but, but you are oh. correct but you are correct yeah yeah you are correct <laughs> okay. in what you're saying a bull hang on, you thought it's a bull seal no no so it's bull yeah like b-a-l-l -L. Yeah, so it's ball. called a I ball seal. I thought it was a ball seal, seal yeah. the ones that does the balls tricks. <laughs> balls, well, although so the if they're twats... They are twats, yeah, they can be. <laughs> but like I said, they're only twats, I think, because people mess with them. And dogs, for instance, people will quite often have their dogs loose on the beach and... Dogs sound a little bit like a seal. Seals bark. That's how they, they kind of communicate. And so a barking dog is quite intriguing to a seal. And it can scare the absolute crap out of them as well. And for the mothers, sometimes the mothers will leave the pup on the beach to go off and feed. She obviously needs to feed herself to feed the pup. And if a human gets too close to that pup while it's on the beach, your scent kind of becomes mingled with the pups and that will lead the mother to abandon them oh. because they, you know, they don't no longer recognise them as, as their own. When people encroach on that seal's territory, it can have really, really dire consequences. And so, yeah, seals can be twats, but it can sometimes be for a good reason. But what a lot of people don't know as well is that seals can cause huge injuries. Like, they have a nasty substance that you can, that if it gets into your body from their saliva, their teeth, their blood, anything like that, it can cause something called seal finger. Seal finger. Seal finger. Seal finger. Are a girl's best friend. <laughs> Is that it? Pretty close. Forever. Forever. Just sounds like, oh, I've got a bit of seal finger. But you're going to tell me it's serious. Yeah, it is. So um, they don't know whether it's bacterial or fungal in nature. They have it, it resists being cultured, so they haven't been able to work out exactly what causes it yet. But essentially, once it gets into your body, it can cause inflammation of the bone marrow. It can cause really, really sore joint tenderness and things. And if left untreated, and I worked with somebody who had this, the joint in question would, would stiffen up. And what the person in question had was basically a hook for a finger. like, And she couldn't use it. The tendons and everything had stiffened up that much that she could no longer use it. So she just had a hook for a finger. What, forever? Yeah. Yeah. Did you say in this country, mm -hmm. there's seals in this country? Yeah. On the beach? A lot of seals in this country. Near where you live? Yep. Near Great Yarmouth? Yes. There's seals just on the beach? Yeah. Willy-nilly? Yeah, just lounging there. What about dolphins? Yes. Have we got dolphins here? We do, yeah. In, in Great Britain, we've got dolphins. We do. Like yes. proper dolphins, not like made up ones. Yes, so we can get bottlenose dolphins coming coming off the coast. Um, we also have other bigger species of whales. So one of the biggest species that we have is uh, called a minky whale. And <laughs> you're, loving, so you're loving the names of these sea creatures, aren't you? Minky. Minky whale. Ah. Wait till they come on sperm whale. Go on. Oh, yeah. Go on, go on. Yeah, what's a minky whale? I guess in comparison to other whales, it's quite small, but um, around in the North Sea, they can get up to about eight metres. Whoa. So they're, they're a fairly big thing. That's a big minky. Yes, it really is a big minky. <laughs> 
on dolphins, people like dolphins because they think they're smiley, don't they? They do. And they are. are. They? I'm, I'm not here to, like, yeah, but shit on slagging a dolphin. No, I'm not no, here to shit on every animal's reputation. Um, at the start of this, it kind of sounds like you are. <laughs> I've, I've picked more on people, if yeah, anything, fair, to be fair. Right, yeah. Can and we trust a dolphin? To a point. I think everybody has kind of fallen in love with the whole idea of Flipper. A really friendly dolphin who loves people and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And to a certain degree, it is true. There have been various cases of dolphins that have kind of adopted a place or a harbour or something as their home. And I think one was in Ireland. Uh, Fungi. Fungi yes, in Galway that's correct. Bay. Yeah, Galway Bay, yeah. And obviously he adopted that as his home. He wasn't really part of a pod or a family unit as such. So that's where he stayed. And, you know, people used to go out and see him. He was a bit of a tourist attraction. That was great. But they're not all like that. What about, yeah, but there's loads of stories. I'm sure there's loads of stories out there where dolphins have saved people from shark attacks. And there shit. are quite a lot of documented cases of that. And also there was a case of, uh, I believe it was the Boxing Day tsunami. There was a group of divers who were diving in the water and a dolphin actually, like rather than letting them go up to the surface, he kept them under the water and took them away from further away from land because the dolphin knew that. And had they gone up, they'd have been on a boat on the surface, which a tsunami would have wrecked them. But under the water, they were a lot safer and the dolphin kind of guided them. And there has been one documented case of a dolphin actually seeking out divers to help it. It had, had um, a hook embedded in its mouth and had a load of fishing line wrapped around it. And this dolphin was circling these divers and they just thought it was playing. And it wasn't until they kind of, it kept coming back and nuzzling them and wanting them to do something that they spotted this hook. And they removed it and then it went. There are a lot of other stories that you don't hear about with dolphins. Um, they can be... Uh, you're not allowed to use the word twat again. No, okay. They can be horny. They can be incredibly horny. They they take part sometimes in incest. Uh, there has been documented cases of a male dolphin, I believe, impregnating his daughter. What? Um, but doesn't that happen quite a lot with animal species? Like, animals don't really... Does, yeah, does the dolphin know... They don't recognise. Well, the dolphins have. Re- they're not there. They're just like well, we're dolphins. Dolphins have really, really, as do other uh, whales and things as well. They have really strong social units. So, um, for instance, pods of killer whales. Killer whales are actually a dolphin as well. They're not a whale. They're the biggest member of the dolphin family. Why aren't they called killer dolphins? Because they are the size of most whales. So they're called killer whales because of their, purely because of their size, not because of their their family. This is out of order. This is confusing. <laughs> it's the same way tomatoes and cucumbers and shit a dolphin a fruit yeah or veg what's a cucumber a A tomato is a fruit isn't it tomato is a fruit it's the same way just call a killer whale a killer dolphin do they kill they're they're called that because obviously their size they have quite big teeth even though they're sort of quite blunt but i think the real reason a lot of a lot of people especially in the scientific community tend to call them orca because that tends to be the more associated name but in my mind these things kill great white sharks they deserve Hard that title. as nails. They deserve that title of killer whales, you know? Don't need to call them an orca. They're a killer whale. They kill. They are absolute units, and they can take on the most fearsome shark in the, in the oceans. So they are a killer whale. <laughs> what about this story that I found about a dolphin having sex with a woman? Or a woman having sex with a dolphin? Well, there was a woman who married a dolphin, legally married a dolphin in yeah. uh, Israel, I believe. Yeah, Legally? Legally, apparently. How can you legally marry a dolphin? Out in Israel, it's not against the law to marry a dolphin, what? apparently. Uh, How's at- the dolphin given consent there? <laughs> I do, I do. It's an Irish dolphin. <laughs> it's fungi again. Go away, babe. I mean, yeah, I don't know uh, the, the, the consent laws and things, but... You can you can Google it and it'll come up with a picture of the bride kneeling on a dock with a dolphin coming up to kiss her. 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm just picturing them being as a couple. <laughs> right, so dolphins are intelligent. Yeah? They are incredibly, yeah. But what about whales? Okay. Not the country. The tongue of a blue whale is as big as a whole elephant. That is correct. A hu- what do you mean? It's like, is is the tongue shaped like an elephant or is it the size of an elephant? <laughs> so uh, in terms of mass, weighs the same as an, as an adult elephant. Right, basically. okay. The total length of a blue whale is anywhere between 80 to 108 feet. So that's 24 to 30 metres roughly, which is massive. It's huge. Obviously, it's the largest creature to have ever lived, bigger than any dinosaur. That we know about. That we know about, indeed. And it's also the loudest as well. So this thing, when it when it communicates, it can be up to 188 decibels, which is louder than a jumbo jet. Whoa. And I mean, when you look at what this thing eats on a daily basis, so they eat quite small creatures. They eat something called krill, which is little shrimp-like creatures. Um, which live amongst the plankton, and they consume 40 million krill a day, which is the equivalent to about 3,600 kilos of krill. How big are we talking this krill? What do you say? They're not, they're not very big. Like a centimetre or so? Yeah, and, and you get various species. 40 and some, million? And some are smaller than others, but they, they live amongst the plankton, which obviously is, is a, a soup of various organisms that live at the surface of the water, basically. I like what you, how you've described that. He's just tucking into some soup. Yeah. Is that not... It's the juxtaposition, though, isn't it, between the biggest creature that's ever lived yeah. and then the size of the food it's eating. It's like exactly. you, Joe, eating 4,000 mosquitoes a day. Why would you choose mosquitoes? I'm just thinking of a small creature. You sound like Days, who insists on buying bug dog food for our dogs now. Have you heard of that? It's all this insect dog food... Instead of thing, and I went, what do you mean insect? They were like, well, it's like flies and crickets and shit that are very high up. in protein. Yeah, but, but come on, are you serious? Why what, is... you, what you're doing is you're thinking of yourself as the dog, thinking I wouldn't want to eat an insect. Yeah, the dog might like it. A dog might not. <laughs> <laughs> does the dog eat it? Yeah, he does. There you go. <laughs> okay, we've gotten away from the big whale. So. To give you a little bit of extra perspective on the size of this creature as well, so you know about the tongue, mm. the heart is about the same size as a mid-sized car. So say like a Ford Ka or wow. something, something along those lines. And does it work the same as our heart? Yeah, like, is it yeah it's just just, just doof, a massive pump. Doof, doof, yeah, doof, doof. Just a massive pump. That's right. And then coming off of that, the blood vessels and everything which are in the body and which attach to the heart are so wide that you could swim through them. Even Joe. Swim Even through Joe. my veins like a fish in the sea. I'm singing, follow me. Everything's alright. Why are you joining in? I don't know what the song is. <laughs> Uncle Cracker. You have a laugh. You're meant to be the music man. I've never heard of Uncle Cracker. I am the music man. I come from down your way. Great Yarmouth. There is a, there's a shop in Great Yarmouth called We Are The Music Man. There is indeed. What else have you got on Blue Wales? Well, we've got a little bit of a, a luder fact. And that is on the penis size. Penis. Yeah. So you've come on this show and you're going to bring down the tone, are you? I've listened to other shows. I don't know <laughs> if, I'm do- if I'm doing that as such. Um, <laughs> What's the penis chat then for the blue whale? So the penis chat is that the average length is around eight feet. Has been known to get up to it's ten. Pretty impressive. It's pretty, it is, it's yeah. Pretty impressive. And uh, it can be 10 to 12 uh, inches in diameter. So <sighs> That's some girth on it. It yeah. is packing. That is he girthy. Is but... Arguably, because of his massive size, mm-hmm. like, is that like, proportional to the blue whale? Is that actually as impressive as it sounds? Well, so that that's obviously just a big unit in itself. But when you actually look at penis size to body ratio, for instance, there's a creature which absolutely dominates the blue whale, and that is the barnacle. 
the barnacle. What's a barnacle? What's uh, it have you like? ever been down to the seaside and uh, stood on a, on a very sharp, scratchy rock that had lo- been encrusted in lots of white yeah. shell-like yeah, things? Yeah. They're barnacles. That's a barnacle. That's a barnacle. I thought that was like uh, a whelk. Or you a... do get whelks. Whelks are much bigger. Oh, okay. Um, but the barnacle is quite small. So it's, and, it... and it's common, is it? Yeah, very common, okay. yeah. And it can form huge mats on um, various things from rocks and bigger species of barnacle even grow on slow moving whales so yeah. they're, they're they're all over but the barnacle has a penis length which is about eight times the size of, of its owner it's so big that it could reach across and fertilize its neighbors what the f- what the fuck <laughs> are we what the fuck are we talking about first of all second of all he can fertilize his neighbor he can I'm just trying to picture me in my right. kitchen and I open the window and I just whap and I go, I stick it through the window, over the fence, over the bushes, bit thorny, bit uncomfortable actually, <laughs> and I'm fertilising my neighbour. I don't think Brian's happy about that. He probably wouldn't be, no. That is mental. Like I said, this is penis size to body ratio. Yep. If a barnacle were the same size as a blue whale... I know we're talking... So if you had a blue whale-sized barnacle, its yep. penis would be around 640 feet. What? That's phenomenal. Yeah. What a penis. How intelligent is the barnacle? Does it know that it's got this massive cock? Or no, just... no, he, he's totally what oblivious. If, what would be uh, more interesting to you? A barnacle the size of a blue whale? Yeah. Or a blue whale the size of a barnacle? I'm going to have a think about that, Joe, during our ad break. It's a quiz. But this time, it's a podcast. Yes. With me, Mikita Oliver. I was going to go with that at first, you know, I really was. I love a quiz. I'm nervous. Oh. How many edges does a 20p have? Uh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God, I'm doing so badly. We will quiz, we will chat, and then we will repeat forever. Just search Quiz Chat Repeat in your podcast app. Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favourite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behaviour creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. Those were the ads, fantastic as they were, but more importantly, barnacle-sized blue whale or blue whale-sized barnacle? The only advantage I can see of the barnacle-sized blue whale is its portability. Uh, if you wanted to take a blue whale, for example, to school or sort of show and tell, yeah. if it's barnacle size, you could pop it in a little jam jar and it's practical. Apart from that, a barnacle the size of a blue whale with that massive penis. Yeah, that would scare the life out of you, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Not just the penis, like the actual, like I'm yeah, the actual size of it. Yeah, fucking barnacle. In have the... they got eyes, barnacles? Uh, no, no, they don't. So they've never, they haven't even seen their own penises. No. <laughs> no, they're just they're just letting it go blind. You know, what if it's like a waste? <laughs> they can feel how impressive they are. There. What if there is actually a barnacle that's the size of a blue whale that we haven't found yet? We know less about the oceans than we do about the dark side of the moon. We've explored less than ten percent of the oceans, so we still do not know everything that is out there why have we only explored 10 percent of the deep ocean purely i think because 
number one there was obviously the the space race and there was a lot of money invested in that you know they they wanted to not necessarily explore something that was on our doorstep they wanted to go that little bit further and obviously they pumped a lot of money into the space race but also certain parts of the ocean are very very difficult to access and to explore obviously the oceans cover 70 percent of our world and there's there's a point in the pacific ocean which is the largest ocean on the planet and there's a point there called point nemo so point no one so what nemo means it does yeah captain nemo is, is Captain No One. Who's Captain Nemo? Captain Nemo predates Nemo the clownfish. Yeah, so there's this point Nemo, um, which has been called that, because if you were in that point in, in the Pacific Ocean, you would be in any direction a thousand miles or more away from the nearest person. The nearest people to you would be those on the International Space Station 235 miles above That is an amazing fact. There's got to be some weird shit down there. I'd like to think so. You know, you get... So, for instance, uh, the film The Meg came out and um, I've read all the books. They were a series of books and I personally really enjoyed them. But you sit there and you listen to it and you get people going, well, that's not real. That wouldn't happen. That wouldn't exist. And I'm like, you've probably just watched Harry fucking Potter last week. <laughs> like, and you're sitting here saying that won't happen. They, they, they could believe a film about a boy wizard. They criticise a film which is about a creature that actually at one stage did exist. The Megalodon the, was real. Absolutely, yeah. Like, real. Like How really, do you know that really it real. was real? We've found fossilised teeth all over. How big's that tooth looking? So the biggest tooth that they've found is about seven inches, so it's about the size of my hand for one tooth. Fucking hell, imagine that in your mouth. Your mouth, Tom. Imagine it there. Uh, quite awkward, isn't it? It'd just be like a big snaggle tooth. Oh, front, I've got one. <laughs> <laughs> this idea of what goes on in the deep oceans, mm-hmm. Darren, and I have to hold my hand up here and say that Almost all my knowledge of the deep oceans comes from octonauts. Okay. So it may not be entirely accurate. Right, okay. But the creatures you see in the Mariana Trench. Yeah. So how deep is the Mariana Trench? The Mariana Trench is roughly about 11 kilometres deep. Is that like a deep end? Yeah, the deepest point is in the Mariana's Trench, and it's called the Challenger Deep, and it's what James Cameron visited a few years ago in his in his pod. To research for the Avatar film? Yeah, about 11 kilometres deep, and it's that deep that if you were to drop Mount Everest inside of it, you would still have over a mile of ocean left above. That's how deep it is. Right. The creatures that exist, we, we don't really know what goes on right at the bottom, do we? But the, even the creatures that we know that exist, like the anglerfish, mm-hmm. uh, are so ludicrous, I think, Joe. If you asked me and you to draw like an alien, we still wouldn't come up with anything as weird and bizarre as you actually get in our own oceans. There is some absolutely crazy things down there. Um, Got things like giant isopods. And you think of a a woodlouse that you can find at home and then make that about four foot long. (sighs) And that's a giant isopod. Wow. And they're just floating around down there. They're just scurrying around on the bottom, feeding off decomposing bodies and things like that. You can get things like giant Japanese spider crabs. Uh, they have a leg span that can reach over six, eight feet across. Like huge, huge crabs. Really, this is scary. Really the spindly. Life out of it. But they live. They live about a thousand feet down. They don't really come up that close where we would have contact with them. A lot of these creatures live so far down with pressures that we can't even comprehend. And they they live down there comfortably. Whereas if we went down there, the pressure at the bottom of the trench would be the equivalent to you trying to hold up 150 jumbo jets. Like oh, that, that's, wow. the pre- oh that's the pressure that's down there. That's so that's why it's so it. hard to get down there. Absolutely, yeah. There's a, there's some major engineering works that go into making these crafts that go down there. And it's the other thing I was saying about being so inaccessible. It really takes some knowledge and some time and some money to get things down there. But also, you know, the oceans are so vast. You, you can be looking in one place and actually you should be looking 100 miles in the other way because that's where the action is. But 
you don't know. You get people who will dispel things like the Meg still existing, like Nessie and all this other stuff. But I'm very... I would like to think that we don't know everything and I would like to think there are lots of surprises left out there for us. You know, I want to believe in in aliens and deep sea creatures that we don't yet know about and and things like that. You know, I I just think it's boring if not. If we discover everything and we know all there is, that's boring. Well, it's like when Tim Peake came on and we briefly asked him about, do you think there's aliens out there? And he went, there's definitely life out there, which surely applies... Absolutely, I, I think it would thing. be big-headed of us to assume that we are the only thing out in space, for instance. But yeah, it also applies to the oceans. You know, like I said, we've explored less than ten percent. So you know, saying that we've explored less than ten percent, there's got to be other stuff out there. There has to be. To give you an example, the biggest shark in the world is the whale shark, closely followed by the basking shark. You then have a, a third biggest species, which is called the megamouth, and it, it, it talks a lot. Does it does what it says in the tin? Yep. Huge gob. Yep. yep. Um, the basking shark's got a pretty big mouth. Basking shark does indeed. So yep. the mega mouth has got a bigger mouth than the basking shark. It's in the name, Tom. <laughs> I know, but I've just I've got in my head I've got a picture of a basking shark, and it looks like someone's pushing a dustbin. Even, exactly I think, that face. Ah, even when the mouth is closed, it's kind of got like almost looks like a sort of set of lips kind of thing, and that, I think that's what gives it its name. But this thing was discovered in 1976. wasn't seen before then. And it was discovered purely by accident. It was caught on an anchor of a naval ship that was coming up. And that's the first time we saw it. We didn't know it was out there till then. It's the third biggest species of shark that we have. And until 1976, nothing. We don't know enough about some of the biggest creatures on our planet. Giant squid? Is that another one? Giant squid, We just get yeah. them washed ashore. So you've seen these, Joe. Every now and then a giant squid gets washed ashore somewhere like New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah. How big's the giant squid that you're talking Eyes the size of frisbees, um, 43 feet in length, and if you were to make a squid ring out of them, it would be the size of a tractor tyre. Wow. What about that massive one when um gets that big pirate ship and Johnny Depp's on Kraken. it? Kraken. 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 Yeah. Gets it and it swallows it. It's got these teeth in the middle, gone, and then goes down. What about the Kraken? Is well, the Kraken out there? Well, there's some interesting stories about what they think the Kraken is actually based on. Number one is they potentially think things like giant squid at the surface, tentacles waving in the water. That That is what gave way to one theory of the Kraken. The other is, we've already touched on it, is whale penises. When whales come together to mate <laughs> no. and their old boys are flapping about at the surface of the water, it looks like a, a sea creature from hell has come to feast on the it, on the ships. It does a big eye. It doesn't quite have the same... If you put that in the movie, well, it's a different massive, movie. Isn't it? All these whales have come together for a massive whale orgy, and it's actually swallowed Johnny Depp and Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. They've swallowed. It doesn't have the same effect as a massive like octopus squid thing with teeth. Here's another one, Darren. Yeah. Right. So my seven-year-old told me about this creature as we came down here today. That is the peacock mantis shrimp, which yeah. has got a punch like Anthony Joshua. Does indeed stronger than Anthony Joshua. He could take Anthony Joshua. Could no he? Problem. Yeah. What do you mean it punches? A shrimp that punches? Yeah, there is. Mantis shrimp are a brilliant, brilliant creature. In fact, one of my favourites, to be fair. And you get two types. One is called a smasher because it punches and smashes shells. The other is a slasher because it has a a big uh, kind of um, serrated appendage, which it uses to, a bit like a praying mantis, to slash things. Um, And the peacock mantis shrimp is one that has these... um, So the only way I can kind of describe it is underneath the front of its body, if you picture sort of little t-rex arms sort yeah. of they're, they're, they're folded up underneath this thing and right on the end they have sort of like a big knuckle it's called a dactyl club 
And when they approach a prey item, say a crab or, or something like that, they fire this club out at such a speed that it literally boils the water around it as it comes out. It's quicker than the twenty-two caliber bullet what? that this thing fires out with. And as it fires out, like I said, it, it's with such speed that it boils the water around it. And because of that, it causes like a cavitation bubble, which then kind of implodes. And at the same time, the water gets so hot, it's the same temperature as the sun. And it has a little flash of light produced as well. This is all This is all within a, a millisecond. This, this, this is ridiculous. But true. Do they eat crabs? They do. They eat crabs? This particular shrimp does, yeah. It will basically crack the shell and it will get the meat from the For inside. For some reason, I thought shrimp were like vegetarians. Are you they... get certain shrimp that are vegetarians, but this particular one, no. This is a nasty piece of work. The, these are awesome. I mean, the colours on them, the, the particular one I'm talking about, the peacock mentor shrimp, yeah. is called that. It's got some amazing amazing colors really iridescent it looks beautiful this thing and in fact i did bring one i uh, i got sent out to the maldives for a coral restoration project and um we were able to collect some of our own fish to bring back for the aquarium and i collected a little man- peacock mantis and he's still at the aquarium now and he was actually called anthony joshua ah! um, is he still with us? He's still with us. Yeah, he's Brilliant. still with us. Can um, you contain him in a tank? Because with a punch like that, I could have just well, imagined smashing his way out. Of yeah, the there's, there's been lots of examples in aquariums where these things have been kept where they have smashed tanks. And no. in fact, Anthony Joshua did go through three tanks before we found the correct <laughs> acrylic one for him. I, love I mean, that you've called him Anthony Joshua. Yeah. As well. um, so he did go through three tanks. I mean, we got him from when he was probably I don't know five six centimeters maybe and by the time i left he was he was a good 10 centimeters he'd grown to so obviously we had to keep improving his living conditions anyway with new tanks but sometimes he forced our hand because he cracked them uh but he went through three tanks and the heater before we um <laughs> before we then came up with this this brilliant thing of we got a massive tank far too big for him and we lined the outside with bricks and uh, we hid the heaters behind the bricks so we couldn't get to them. So he could still get his water heated. And he was lovely, but he was essentially, you know, he, it was like he was in prison. It sort of beggars belief. But if we were able to punch with the same ability as that mantis shrimp, humans could punch through steel. That's crazy. The same thing, if you were to throw a baseball at the same speed at which he punched, it would reach space. We've got nothing on them. No. I mean, maybe our minds, you know, that we can think. But they've, they've, they've definitely physical got... physical abilities. Yeah, they've got superpowers that we just don't possess. Incredible. Yeah. It absolutely blows my mind. And this mind. is the thing, you know, this is just what we know so far. You know, going on the same thing, the, the mantis shrimp, obviously, we know he can punch. But also people are now creating camera um, systems based on their eyes. Because, so humans have three photoreceptors in our eyes. We can see blue and green and red. Mantis shrimp have 12 so they can almost see like an array of psychedelic colours that we can't even conceive because we don't have wow. that technology in our eyes. We They're always high as a kite, are they? Kind of, yeah. That's probably it's just been on probably, hash look, cakes. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, that sort of psychedelic nature. Yeah, hey, Matt, do you think exactly. They talk like that as well. Hey, man. Hey, man. But then by that aspect, you they think they'd be really mellow. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You know, that's what they do. They lead their prey. Hey, man, why don't you come over for a pipe? Pow! Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Pow! you're dead eating you we're making making discoveries even now um but (laughs) they they have those photoreceptors but then they can also see into the ultraviolet uh spectrum as well which we can't and they can see polarized light which we can't and they even though think that the camera technology they're basing on is because they can see into the polarized light spectrum they can actually see cancers because it has a different reflectivity to healthy skin so they're now designing camera systems based off the mantis shrimp's eyes in the hope that they can detect cancer early through like uh, like a scan as such this is what i want to hear 
this is like Jurassic World shit. You know, when they make that... Um, the Indominus? Indominus Rex. Indominus Rex. And they, put, they take some of the, the octopus DNA. Yeah, to the make ability it to camouflage. Camouflage yeah, and yeah. think, oh my God. And I think, oh, that, that's never going to happen. That can't actually be real, can it? And now you're talking about being able to develop it off of the back of this super shrimp. Yeah, I mean, the ocean has, has yielded quite a lot of sort of nifty little inventions like for instance um the uh olympic swimmer eric the eel was yeah. it who they're, eric they're really Sabini, yeah, yeah 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 he was actually um given some uh trunks that were designed around uh shark skin to help improve his swim speed because shark skin i don't know if you know is made entirely of teeth the sharks aren't smooth at all like they appear their skin is made entirely of teeth teeth yeah they're called dermal denticles so they're little microscopic teeth all over the body when the water flows over them it just helps the sharks increase their swimming efficiency. And uh, I believe it was Speedo, I could be wrong, but some um, swimming trunk manufacturer kind of stole this design and went to improve it and, and use it for, for swimmers by putting it onto trunks. So if I went up to a shark yeah. and patted him, like, oh, there you go, sharky. Bruce, there you have mate. Here are you. How are you doing? What's that feeling like then? Is it all spiky? It would feel, it would feel incredibly hard if you just patted. Yeah. But if you stroked from head to tail... It would feel rough, uh, a bit like a cat's tongue, I would say, along that sort of roughness. You go from tail to head, you'd cut yourself open. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I just thought sharks were just so smooth and slimy and just through the... No, not at all. Not at all. That is crazy. So you go head to tail, a bit rough. Yep. Tail to head, you're losing a hand. Not necessarily losing a hand, but you can get some incredibly, incredibly bad. You're just shredding, you're shredding, yeah, shred, you're shredding yourself. Yeah. Because you're by a shark, this is a double bad news because they're going to smell the blood. Smell the blood, oh, and yeah. then they're probably going to eat you. So yeah, yeah. But back to the start of the episode, he told me sharks are cool. It's just we piss them off. We do. Yeah. So if I just say, "Look, mate, I'm bleeding," if I go, "How does a shark talk?" They, they don't talk because they don't have vocal cords. They make no noise. No noise. What? That's why they're misunderstood. Exactly, they because just can't they, get their they just can't get. Across. Yeah, exactly. They just can't get. And they it. need the spokesman. They've got. Here so, I am got on so the Joe Marler show. <laughs> Sharks have got so much to give, but they're just trapped, misunderstood. Yeah. Right. What about any other weird and wonderful animals that just random animals that you've come across that you can go? I mean, I think for me, you've got to look at the octopus. Now, this is, you're talking our language here, because on the way in to do this podcast today, me and Joe independently were watching that Netflix show, The Octopus, My Octopus Teacher. Yes, I've seen that, yeah. Now, Joe hasn't seen all of it, Joe. I'm going to waive my right to not hear the ending if you need to... Well, there it. might be people listening to this who would really enjoy mm-hmm. My Octopus Teacher, yeah. so we won't say what happens. Okay. But, honestly, watching that... If you'd said to me beforehand, Joe, you might cry watching a film about octopuses... Is it octopuses? Octo- what is it's it? Octopi. Octopi. It is octopi. Yeah. You can you can say octopi, octopods, or indeed octopuses. So you what can, about octonauts? I mean, you can say them. It's a completely different thing. Oh, <laughs> do you know? Just before we talk about something sensible, you, on octonauts, you know Captain Barnacles. Yeah. Do you know he is voiced by the bloke off Alan Partridge? What's his face? Not uh, Piscop Partridge. Yeah. The bloke. Yeah. The uh, all right. Um, oh, he has to clean it. Partridge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Michael. It, no Michael, way. yeah. yeah. Michael, no way. Michael. I did not know that. No way. Michael off Alan Partridge is Captain Barnacles. <laughs> so twofold. Whenever I watch Octonauts again, I'm going to think of Michael from Alan Partridge and the fact that he's called Captain Barnacle, which have penises that can f- uh, fertilise their neighbours. I'm never watching Octonauts again, <laughs> ever. 
ever. Sorry. Go back to the octopus to teach you, please. Yeah, I mean, it was. Um, I watched it uh, soon after it came out on Netflix, and um, it's just incredible. He, if you haven't seen this show, it is amazing, isn't it, Joe? Basically, a South African marine biologist becomes friends with a specific octopus. Yeah. And there's a point where they start holding hands, Joe, isn't there, where the tentacle of the octopus comes out and his little suckers go on this bloke's hand. Yeah. And it's incredible. Yeah. That's the bit I've got up to now where they've just started holding hands. And I'm like, how have you done that? Because surely, whenever I've gone in the sea and gone to try and befriend a fish <laughs> or... I've done some snorkelling in Greece on my own and not that deep because I can't swim that well. In fact, it wasn't snorkelling, was it? That's not snorkelling. <laughs> yeah, it was just, just drifting. It was just looking, yeah, just in the looking water. down. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I've gone to reach for a fist and, and they always swim off. Why would an octopus want to make friends with a human? Octopus are far more intelligent than people think or possibly even give them credit for. Um, you could probably say the average octopus is probably as intelligent as a dog. For instance, I've worked with uh, various species of octopus in the aquariums. Um, I've worked with the octopus in, in question, the species, which is the common octopus. I've worked with many of those. They all have their own personalities. No one is the same. You get shy ones. You get really outgoing ones. So you get an ostentatious octopus. Yeah, we've had, we, we've had an octopus who, you know, they're meant to be sort of more nocturnal, but they're out during the day Party octopus. to the customers giving them all <laughs> giving them all an eight-armed wave and you know like you know really really going for the big end and then we've had another one who has just sat at the back of the tank curled up looking miserable and not wanting oh. to do anything so it depends on the individual but yeah they, they really are quite intelligent and we've got them to perform tasks we train them to um, open jam jars to get their food and things like that. They've been trained in, in other places to negotiate mazes. And they're incredible escape artists as well. As long as their beak can fit through somewhere, which is the only hard part of their body, the rest of them will go through. Doesn't right, matter. hang on. So I'm getting an octopus. I'm putting him in a glass box. Uh-huh. I'm wrapping 10 chains around it with some um, padlocks. Padlocks. Yep. Then I'm putting him in a straight jacket. Yep. Or maybe I've done that before. And then I've done the chains. And I've swallowed the keys. <laughs> right. Is he getting out of that? The straight jacket, definitely, because he's got no hard bones other than his beak to resist him. So he could definitely wiggle out a straight Octopus jacket. Octopus got beak? Yes, they do. Yeah, they a have beak? A beak a bit, like a bit like a bird's beak, yeah. Okay, you're avoiding the question, though. Is he getting out of that chains? I've eaten the keys, remember? So he cut unless he can he reach into Joe I, I, with his I, I think he could reach either down or up to, to get the key. I don't think that's an issue, <laughs> uh, depending on which angle he wanted to attack it from. Um, but um, so the answer is yes. I'd I give the octopus. And would you pay money to see that? Absolutely. Perfect. We have our next live show. Fantastic. Idea. Can we? If he's in a glass box as well, like he could get out of it. Could we bring the peacock mantis shrimp to give? Oh to them? yes. If he gets yeah. one of those on his side. I mean, yeah. Why not? Let's go for it. I mean, you still got your this one. Is, this is pretty niche, anyway, isn't it? So why not? Let's just put. Let's just <laughs> let's just go all out. Um, but in in uh, other aquariums and things like octopus have um, been known to work out where electrics are and they've squirted water at the electrics so that certain functions on their tank will turn off and they get out no yep no they're that intelligent they really are really are that intelligent um you know you've had stories from aquariums where people would go home and they come back in the morning and a fish would be missing from a tank and they're like what is going on no. 
And it happened time and time again until they filmed it and they saw an octopus coming out of its tank, going down and getting into another tank, eating a fish and then going back. Sorry, are you just describing that scene from uh, Finding Dory in the Sigourney Weaver hospital place and that octopus comes out and he goes invisible? Climbs into that tank. Climbs. Have you just described that? It sounds a bit like not, I have, but that's not. But real. what I've described has actually happened. <laughs> no. So, wow. Yeah, they really are that intelligent. They're great escape artists. They're really clever. They learn, although they're color blind, um, which is which is odd because you, when you think how rapidly they can change color and blend in with their surroundings, yet they're color blind. Like that. That's that pretty work? special <laughs> in itself. Um, they're really intelligent, but they don't. They can't see colors. No. Joe, if I gave you the option, you only have to do it for a week, not forever. You can swap your two arms and your two legs yeah. for the eight tentacles of an octopus. Would yeah. you go for it? Yeah, I'd do it permanently. Would you? Yeah, can we make it happen? Hang on, are they tentacles or are they my arms and legs? Have I got my body with octopi arms or have I got just more of my arms and more you've of got, my legs? You've, you've lost your human limbs, Yeah, but you've gained eight octopus tentacles. I was going to worry about walking... But on that, you see a walk at the bottom of on the... On two tentacles. On two tentacles. The, the back two tend to be the, the legs. I want to be an octopus. Imagine, right, you're watching TV, you've got the remote control in one tentacle, you've got a cup of tea, yep. you've got a biscuit in another one, Amazing. you've got another biscuit, in fact, you've got three biscuits in different tentacles. I'm petting all three of the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. You're answering the phone. I'm holding on to one of the kids to stop him fighting <laughs> with the other one. And you're picking your nose. Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, what more could you... I think that was nine... Was it? All right, lose one of the biscuits. You only need two biscuits. Yeah, fair, greedy. Or could you hold more than one biscuit in one tentacle? Because could you hold? Oh, you could. Ra- you could wrap it around. So Why am I you... holding the biscuit? Can I just eat it? Yeah, but before you eat it, like with your suckers. Yeah, you could probably have a biscuit on each sucker. Yeah, could because you? They, they wow, can, they you can have like they control. Whole they can, they control each sucker independently. So you know, um, when you think that they they have so many. It's a marvel in itself, to be fair. So yeah, absolutely. You could, you, I mean, you could have an arm of hobnobs and an arm of chocolate <laughs> digestives. What? You know, like fill your boots. <laughs> <laughs> the possibilities are endless here. Um, right, we need to wrap this up a bit, and we've spoken a lot of nonsense, which is perfect, absolutely perfect, Tom. This is what you're the king at. I try and bring the serious side of it and bring all the facts and, you know, bring it all together. The the sort of straight guy, you know, and you're the sort of weird, wacky, talk a load of bollocks guy and I have to try and put you in a box. Um, Darren, it's been wonderful hearing all these different facts and different things. Likewise. But I've forgotten one thing. Yep. What is a marine biologist? Mm-hmm. I haven't actually asked you that. I've asked you loads of different things about uh, sea creature penises. Yep. But... What on earth is the point of a marine biologist? So if, I'm asking you now. Just okay, so basically marine biologists uh, study the oceans and the life uh, within it, basically, um, in a nutshell. My job is we get contacted by, it could be an oil and gas company, it could be a renewables energy company. They have an area of seabed they want to look at for potentially putting wind turbines or something on. And they hire us to go out and study this area of the seabed, and so my job when I go out there is while all this work is going on, I'm monitoring either visually or listening for acoustically for whales and dolphins in the area. And I shut down works accordingly if they get too close and things like that. So you can go down the aquarium route. You can go into the, the sort of role that I am now. 
you could go into the more academic and research route where you're doing laboratory work and things like that or you know you can get your elbow patches on your jacket and teach there are lots and lots of ways that you can get into marine biology and so many different paths that you can go down including um, fish genitalia which you seem to be an I, expert in yeah i kind of that was that was kind of like my my little hobby yeah my little speciality <laughs> hobby yeah I, I should i should probably you know if, we, if we're going to wrap this up we should probably tell you a, a little bit about uh an encounter i had with a green sea turtle if, what? You, if you would like to hear it <laughs> yes Go please on. okay so this happened to me while i was at the aquarium we uh we had a green sea turtle in our tank and he was going to be joined by a loggerhead sea turtle from another center and obviously, when you're introducing a new creature into a tank with sharks and other creatures already establishing it, you need to watch for quite a period of time to make sure everyone settles in. There's no arguing and bickering and all that sort of stuff. We got this turtle in and I was going to be in the water and there were several other people around the tank ready for whatever might happen. And we put this uh, loggerhead turtle into the water and immediately as doing that, our green sea turtle got horny and... <laughs> he was on her you had like sex with a sea no turtle. i didn't oh. no no i didn't he got horny and I, w- I was watching proceedings bit of a voyeur thing to do i know <laughs> but i was watching the proceedings this is his specialty remember yeah i know yep. and um at one point i, I kind of my curiosity got the better of me and i was and i sort of thought is he what is he is he in and so <laughs> i kind of i kind of let a little bit of air out and i sunk down and i went to have a look and then <laughs> And let a little bit of air out. <laughs> yeah, from my from my BCD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So I went to have a look, and just as I did, he pulled out and <laughs> everywhere in the water, <laughs> in my ah! face. Um, so tur- you, what you're saying is a turtle has shot its load in your face. Yep, that's exactly what I am saying. <laughs> and um, there's there's going to be uh, some people who I'm very close with know this story. Other people, like uh, my teammates at Great Yarmouth Broadland <laughs> Rugby Club, don't. Um, so this is this is going to be shameful for me when I go back there after they've heard this. But I'll tell you what: for the next three or four days, my skin was glowing. Oh well, there it we was go. absolutely glowing. And your new nickname is Sea Turtle Spunk Face, <laughs> and that should be given to you by all your great. Uh, great great Yarmouth Broadland Rugby Club. <laughs> Darren, thank you so much for coming on, mate. I've, absolute pleasure. I've been really, really fascinated by all the facts. Thank you both so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Cheers, Darren. Thanks, mate. So, Joe, would you rather be an international rugby player or a marine biologist? I think Jasper would find me a lot cooler if I was a marine biologist. He's well into football, so he's not really that keen at rugby, so it doesn't really excite him when I say, oh, I played, he's like, yeah, whatever. Unless you're Pogba, I'm not bothered. Um, But if I told him I was Darren, the marine biologist, he'd go, first of all, why are you called Darren now? Second of all, that's really cool. And I don't blame him, because some of the stuff I've learned today has been mind-blowing. Although I probably wouldn't enjoy getting... Come on. (laughs) Uh, this is where I usually plug another show, Joe. I want to talk about Quiz Chat Repeat. It's a new daily quiz podcast with Makita Oliver. Makita Oliver from T4? Yes. I used to watch Makita Oliver on T4. Yeah, she's really, really good. Yeah, I know she's really good. I've listened to it. Here's a clip. Question number three. If Sonic is a hedgehog, what animal is his sidekick tails? Oh, now I'm in trouble. Mm. A hedgehog. I never played Sonic the Hedgehog. I was always outdoors. Uh, uh, all right. 
You had a better childhood than us, Tom. <laughs> I was inside playing Sonic. Just had a just had a tight mum who wouldn't get me a computer game. <laughs> um, it's called Tails. Squirrel. Incorrect. We were looking oh. for Fox. That was a clip of you letting us down, Tom. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think I did get some questions right, but don't seem to be any clips of those bits. So if you would like a quiz, search for Quiz Chat Repeat in your podcast app. Yeah, I'm sure you do better next time, eh? Um, what's our next podcast about? Joe, it's about Death Row. Ooh. Why did you put on that voice again? Well, I'm not going to go, it's about Death Row. Why not? Let's People ju- have died on Death oh. You do it then. Okay, Joe, what's our next episode about? Death Row. It was rubbish. Okay, <laughs> do it again. Joe, what's our next episode about? Oh, it's about death row, Tom. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to really change the stigma around people dying after murdering people. Perfect to look forward to. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.